all you people. Welcome to Split Screen. Oh, shit. Hey, all you people. You're listening to Split Screen Gaming Podcast, <laughs> the occasionally weekly podcast where three lifelong friends correspond about video games. I'm Chad Michael Innes. This is Adam Bonaparte Gumby. Aye, aye, sir. Is that a French accent? I, uh, yes, that was a French accent. Way to go. And we have with us here a third guest. Uh, Kanye West is joining us. He's going to be performing Donda. He's, he's going to be coming in. Uh, he promised us he would be here directly at 8.30 Eastern time. So um, he'll likely be two hours late. That's just what Jesus, he does. baby. Um, all right. Hey, we are five years old. Sorry, I said split screen gaming podcast. That, that whole intro was a throwback to, to when we were split screen, our very first episodes. We used to have an imaginary third person guest. But we've decided for our fifth birthday, which was yesterday, February 26, 2022, we've decided that we're going to fix some shit about the stream. So hopefully as you're listening to this now, whether it's live on twitch.tv slash idiots on Sunday evenings around 8.30 Eastern time, or on demand... Uh, now that someone finally told us some shit, the intro should be balanced better as far as volume goes. We should now, if you're watching live, sound like we're both coming out of the center channel instead of just like off, way off to the left and the right. And we hopefully don't have SWB audio capture not registered popping up every two minutes. So thank you for, after years of streaming, letting us know that that was a thing and we fixed it. So that's happy birthday to us and to you and to all a good night. Happy birthday. Adam, I was going back and I was listening to the intros of our episodes. Mm -hmm. The very, very, very first ones. Just like getting nostalgic a little bit. And they had some wild shit in them. And whether it was, whether it was, I just recently tweeted a video about, you know, being sick and eating a thing full of Chipotle and screaming into the microphone because I, that's what I thought mm -hmm. people liked, just screaming into the microphone. Or just like the fact that we would just make up the, like, hey, John Cena's duct taped to a chair beside us. Why the fuck did we do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But it's been a wonderful ride. Five years of this podcast uh, from its early roots, a split screen gaming podcast in my living room to its now current roots of Respawn Aim Fire. And both of our, I are you in a living room? I'm in a living room. Where are you? I'm in a bedroom. In a bedroom. Not my bedroom, just a bedroom. A bedroom <laughs> every week. Yep. We play a game called Guess Whose Room Adam's Streaming From. It's not the same one as last week. If you guess the milkman, you might be right. Uh, yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to upfront just say thanks everyone for listening, uh, for supporting us for five years, uh, both with your ear wallet, your eye wallets, and your money wallets, and your meat wallets, and every other wallet that you've got that you've that you've taken any amount of currency from and thrown our direction whether that's earwigs or eye <laughs> earwigs or eye crust or money or all the pee you're pushing <laughs> thank, thank you thank you for pushing that pee at us it's it, thank you so much for your pee uh, thank you we're gonna talk today about a lot of things it's gonna be a great episode <laughs> you can catch us on demand on YouTube and podcast services, 9 a.m. Eastern time on Tuesdays. Uh, or as we mentioned, you can be in the chat right now like Porkchop, D. Smitty, and Matt from RIR right now on twitch.tv slash idiots. We're going to talk all short sorts of shit. We're going to get a little scratch the surface on some Destiny 2. We're going to talk about PSVR 2. 
Street Fighter 6, COD 2023, everything has to end in a number. But to begin today, we're going to jump into our main quest. Uh. Pokemon goes big for its 26th, says Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Hey, Chad. Did, yeah, 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 yeah. What's I up? don't care about Pokemon's birthday. Tell me about your birthday that happened last week, February oh, 17th, baby. Look twist. at that insertion. Twist. Insertion. Ooh, right there. Um, Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I, I, my birthday was last week. As I'm sure all of you remember from the countless hints that I dropped, didn't get a single gift from anyone who wasn't in my direct physical presence, though. So just throwing that out there. Uh, yeah, my birthday was last week. I spent nine days with my homies in Rhode Island, um, Matt, Brent, Dallas, and Holden, and had a just straight up wonderful time. Uh, it was. Even before I went there, I knew it was going to be something special. Matt got so excited, he made us all little koozies for our drinks. And, of course, because we have to have something to drink. Our Mountain Dew Spark, Zero Sugar, uh, Raspberry Lemonade, brought to you by Novel Push by Sapphire. Um, we had to have all of that. So that was like, I knew going in, I was like, this is going to be something really special. Uh, and everyone had, this is a warlock symbol from Destiny 2. Mm-hmm. Of course, oh, not from Dungeons and Dragons. Not, no, not from Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and, and then Holden had Elden Ring. Here's a fun fact. You know the symbol for Elden Ring? It's got, it's got like some, some circles and then it's got an IED. IUD. Really? Sorry, that's an improvised explosive device. IUD, intrauterine device, a contraceptive thing. It looks, it's an IED. IUD. It's uh, hmm. basically, it's an IUD with a bunch of Nuva rings around it. So the next time you look at the Elden Ring symbol, imagine that. And that's on Holden's cup. Um, anyway, yeah, had a great time. Uh, we played, Matt set up three giant TVs and in his basement. And we had three PlayStation 5s. And we played through the entirety of the Destiny 2 campaign there. We played a bunch of Fortnite on the couch. I was on my Switch. Brent was on the PS4. Matt was on his PS5. Didn't get any dubs. No dubs. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Oof. We played so much good stuff. Smash Bros. Just bringing Switches everywhere. Um, but it was a time of my life. Got tattoos. Can't really see it. There we go. Yeah, you can see it a little bit. It's got a little traveler tattoo from Destiny. It's got three little ships. Turn my skin, damn it. Turn my skin. There we go. Three little ships. <laughs> One for me, one for Matt, one for Dallas, our whole fire team. Um, yeah, Dallas is officially the very first person on planet Earth with a respawn name fire tattoo. He got the, he got the logo. That's pretty cool. On his arm, right next to a donut. It was fantastic. It was great. Great all around. Uh, I love those boys. I had a wonderful time. Went to all sorts of great places. And you asked, you asked before we started recording, he was like, hey, why didn't Holden get a tattoo? Two reasons. Oh, yeah. That's right. One. Holden was making, at the time we got our tattoos, he was making the most delicious fucking pork meal. That's not a euphemism that, that I've had in a very, very long time. He got this, like, two giant pork loins and did some magic with butter and brown sugar and honey and whatever it was and deliciousness. But then, I don't know if you've played, you have not played because you don't have a Nintendo Switch, but in Pokemon Legends Arceus, after every, like, main story mission, you come back to this picnic table with all poofball professor. <laughs> Sorry. Poofball professor. He has the stupidest hat. And <laughs> with all poofball professor. 
And you eat potato mochi, as I think how we decided it was going to be pronounced. Who knew what the fuck it was? But Holden looked up a recipe. He failed it once and then got it right the second time. Fucking nailed it. Anyway, so he was at home cooking for us so that when mm. we were done with our tattoos, we could come and get that delicious Pokemon-inspired meal. But then second, he has a very cool idea for what he's doing. <clears throat> My chair is broken and I'm <laughs> sinking every three minutes. Um, but his idea is he has one tattoo already. It's a Rubik's Cube because if you know anything about Holden DePardo, it's that he loves solving Rubik's Cubes. But the second thing you know about Holden DePardo is that if the Legend of Zelda were a human being, he would do all sorts of nasty things to it. And so he's decided for every achievement, like big achievement in life that he gets, that he like achieves, he is going to get one of the seven seals from the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time as a tattoo to represent that achievement. So gotcha. he's finishing up his, uh, his uh, game development boot camp that he's been doing in the next couple months. So he's waiting until that particular moment to get his first seal. So that's why Holden did not get a tattoo because it does not match up with his current plan, with God's plan. Understandable. Yeah. Cool. Seven seals, he better hurry up. Mm. You know, if he's not including right. the, the 30 years prior and he's only doing from now on, you guys start doing some shit. Be like, yeah. hey, I went to Taco Bell two days in a row. Fucking seal. <laughs> like, you gotta... Seven's a lot, which, man. Which of the seals, which of the Zelda seal, that would be the shadow one. That would be the shadow seal, for sure. Going to Taco Bell two days water. in a row. Whew, it's going to be some dark times right after that. <laughs> Worth it, though. So yeah, I had a wonderful Absolutely. time. We'll talk more about the games themselves uh, in playtime, for sure. But I had, I had a great old time. I already missed them. I missed them so much. I just came back yesterday. I'm ready to dive in to our podcast. Pokemon goes big for its 26th, says Adam Bankers at IGN. We got a big old bomb drop of Pokemon news today. <clears throat> it is Pokemon Day. Yesterday was Pokemon Day. Today is Pokemon Day. One of the days is Pokemon today? Day. And there was supposed to be like a whole week and a half announcements. Like they were going to drop one thing for every single game for like last week and a half. I didn't see any of that shit. But all of it came out in a Pokemon Day stream today. So here's a rundown of what's coming. First, the biggest news. Actually, you know what? I'm going to go reverse alphabetical order. And by alphabetical, I mean reverse oh. order you have it here in the doc. We're going to talk. We're just going to like. the last three things. They're just bullet points. I yeah, they're just bullet point the bullshit. We'll, just, we'll say those matter. out loud right now. And then we'll talk about the good shit. Here's the say the bullshit that's going to be the brand of, of a lot of the, just say the bullshit. That's going to be a new thing. Mm -hmm. Say the bullshit. Pokemon masters EX celebrates two and a half years with free gifts. Pokemon cafe remix adds bonuses for mythical for Pokemon day. Um, <clears throat> Pokemon unite and try out mythical Hoopa and earn its driver's license or something. Uh, if you're still playing Pokemon go just like I am. Yeah. I played it for several hours yesterday cause it was Pokemon go tour Johto day. Uh, starting March 1st, we get a lot more Alola Pokemon from Sun and Moon. We don't know who or what, but for the time being, we've got Alolan Exeggutor out and about. He's been there for a while. So is Vulpix. So is Sunfisk. Um, here's another little bullet point. If you're still playing Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, even after Arceus came out, you can go get Shaman on Route 224. Speaking of Legends Arceus, there's another thing that launched today. There's a little... Uh, uh, Daybreak update. So this is something that allows you to investigate mysterious mass outbreaks of Pokemon that are popping up all over the Hisui region. 
and you'll also be able to battle powerful opponents like legendary Pokemon and Wardens, adding yet more options to the Pokemon battle experience. I don't think that it means we get additional, like, a new legendary, like, new things added to the Pokedex. I don't think that's what this is. I don't think they're adding any new Pokemon. I think they're just saying, hey, remember those big ones that you fought or that you captured the legendary ones or the warden Pokemon? You now have an opportunity to, like, battle them in arena style. That's what I think this is hinting at, although it came out mm. today and I haven't tried it, so I might be wrong. So I don't think I'm going to touch that um, because I've, I've I put enough time into that game and I think I'm done with it. But there will be a new anime based on Legends Arceus Hisui region, and that's coming later in 2022 with an original story. Sounds pretty cool. Adam. Question about that. Ask oh, go me ahead. your question. Ask your question. No, you do it first. Well, you're drinking. I'll ask it. Um, the animated series. I understand Hisui is in the past, but mm. are we still going to get Ash in it? We still gonna get Ash in his po- in his Pikachu. I don't in the past. Think so. From I was that looking at something. Been ten for thirty years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. From I was scrolling through my news app today, and I saw a headline that says the the problem with Pokemon's uh, protagonist, but it wasn't a picture of Ash. So I, was, I don't know. I don't. I don't keep up with the thirty five different types of Pokemon anime that are out there right now. But we might already have anime that doesn't star Ash. But here's the thing, Legends Arceus does take place in the past, but there's a rip in the space-time continuum that creates these distortion mm-hmm. fields, and that's how we get there. We actually are from the future, and we even have like a little cell phone device, and we drop in from this giant portal that opens up, and that's why all these Pokemon from everywhere else are showing up in what was supposed to, or what originally was like Mount Sinnoh, but um, we call it Hisui in the past, is because of that space-time. So like, I don't know, Ash could fall through that portal, just like a bunch of other people did. Who knows? True. He sucks is the only thing. He does. He's he's whiny. He's an awful and he's, Pokemon he's, he's a po- Yeah, he's awful. He, you know what he does? Hey, I'm going to go fight this giant rock anal bead Pokemon called Onyx. Oh, electricity doesn't work <laughs> on rocks? You know what I'm going to do? Fucking pester my Pikachu to just keep trying it over and over and over until it almost dies of exhaustion trying to electrocute this thing. Until it finally does kill it with electricity. But like, no. You could have just asked a Squirtle to spit on this thing and it would have killed it. But instead, you punish that Pikachu. That's not a euphemism mm-hmm. either. That's straight up torture. That's what happened. I just love how he always like, he goes on his journey and it's a long journey and then he gets there and then he loses to another Pikachu. Just every time <laughs> he just loses to another Pikachu. Yep. Oh man, but I cried like Were shit when he died that? in that movie. The movie was great when they killed the kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was not going to ask a question, but I was going to say, here's the big news. Here's the big thing that Mm -hmm. people give a shit about. Generation 9, Gen 9, the newest Pokemon since Sword and Shield has been revealed. And is coming later this year. Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet arriving on Nintendo Switch in 2022. Here's some things. We don't know much about this, but we know it's an open world game. And this is a quote. Where various towns with no borders blend seamlessly into the wilderness. And it will be an evolutionary step for the Pokemon franchise. Wink. Evolution. Pokemon knew a lot of kids when I was little who weren't allowed to play Pokemon because it had evolution in it. Welcome um, to the South. Um, and then we were also introduced to the new starter Pokemon. There's Grass Cat Spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is I've been looking at that name. <laughs> it's Grass Cat Spaghetti. <laughs> 
got spaghettios. Grass cat spaghettios. Firecock fukuku. <laughs> and the water Pokemon Quaxi Quaxly. Um that one makes sense. <laughs> these Pokemon There we go. I'm sinking. I'm sinking. Okay. <laughs> Stand back up. Okay. Uh there we go again. These Pokemon are uh I'm not gonna lie. Some of the best starters that I've seen. Like, sometimes you look at a group of starters and you're like, well, those are all nerds. I don't want to play as any of them. And sometimes you're like, oh, man, that one's badass, but the other two suck. And this one is like fucking weed cat spaghettios. It's just a green fox cat thing that, that looks pretty cool. Fuku, fuecoco, fuego, like fuego fire, coco, crocodile, fuecoco. Um, oh. It reminds me of the one of these the lava boss in metroid but on like a little baby mm -hmm. scale or i feel like yeah. there's something in super mario world that looks just like that too the, the looks little like guys a hungry like hungry barf hippo. up the spiky block like balls and shoot them at you yeah it looks like a hungry hungry hippo is what it looks like yeah 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 and then the water duck everyone's going crazy about the water duck but i saw a tweet from Fuck, I can't remember who it was. Someone who's verified on Twitter and being in the gaming industry who said the water duck, his hair, very suave hair, full head of hair, mm. just like a duck should have. But they, they posted a picture with that right next to Donald Trump. And I was like, fuck, that duck has Trump hair. It's got the little Trump, the little whisk. It's got the Trump hair. I can't play a duck with Trump hair. <sighs> so, looking pretty cool. I'll probably do Fuecoco um, or SpaghettiOs cat. Um... But he, here's the thing. They look great. The, the, I, I wish they would step away from like grass fire water as the starters and maybe like give you a psychic starter or give you like a steel type starter. Like I feel like I feel like we need something new and something fresh in the series. Which leads me to my next point about this reveal. That's that's basically all we know about this game. The next thing is just like me interpreting things from the trailer. One, I'm super disappointed to see that. Almost every single Pokemon in that entire trailer was something we've already seen before. So, a lot of them from the very beginning of Pokemon on Gen 1. So, like, mm -hmm. I wish, I wish... Part of my problem with that is that I... Anytime that I play a Pokemon, I'm like, oh, I know that Haunter's going to be good as Gengar, and I'm just going to play Ghastly Haunter Gengar, and I'm just going to use that ghost-type Pokemon, and I'm not going to pick up a Drifloon or whatever other ghost is out, like Dusclops. I'm not going to pick up one of those because I know that Gengar's dope as fuck. And then I just end up playing with the same six Pokemon every single game that I play, and it's the same thing. And so I want something new. I want to force me to play as other shit that I don't know is badass yet without giving me these, like, hey, I already know this is badass. So that's one thing that I have a big kind of, like, I'm cautious about. Second, it looks great. I like that it has Pokemon in the overworld. Uh, the open world, th what they said, just like blends the town seamlessly with the rest of the world. I'm concerned as fuck about that because of the way they handled it with Arceus. Like, I loved mm -hmm. the gameplay mechanics of Arceus, but the open world was the biggest poo-poo stain on that game because it was, it was awful. Draw distance was terrible having more Pokemon on the screen like made it stutter and shit like that. And <clears throat> and for that game, which came out in the same year as this one's going to, like you could not travel between two different areas without having to go through a lengthy load screen going back to the village so that you can then warp back to a different area. So I have no idea how they're going to pull this out of their asses and make this seamless blend from town to, to field and, and all this shit. But if they pull it off, 
it sounds like it might be just the evolution we need for the Pokemon series. Look Does this that. make you want to run out and get it a Pokemon? Going... I mean, a Switch? No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not <laughs> gonna... I've already bought a $300 console to play one game a year, and it was not worth it, and I sold it. It was called the Switch. Uh, it was interesting. That would be cool. I'm, I love how they were like, all right, Arceus is going to be cool and new. And they're like, oh, it did well. Well, good thing, because they've already been working on Gen 9, and it's going to be the exact same thing. So <laughs> let's hope it works yeah. out. Uh, I think that's cool. It's better than doing the same old thing. Everyone was really interested in Arce Arceus, whatever. And it looks like their bet paid off. That'll be really cool to see an open world, like normal setup Pokemon game. Because I know people wanted different stuff, but everyone's always, since they've ever made the Switch, they're like, oh my God, let's get an open world Pokemon game. So looks like you'll be able to get that. And I think that'll be cool. And that grass cat is pretty cool. It's definitely Italian. Looking at yeah. the name. Um, yeah, SpaghettiOs. Big weed cat. I'm interested. Um, yeah, what is this? Cool. Sprig I like it. Sprigatito. Sprigatito. Sprigatio. Sprigatito. It's got Tito in it. Sure. Tito makes yeah. me think Spanish. Mm -hmm. Sprig, uh, like springs, or like a sprig, is, isn't like a sprig like a, like a thing of a plant? Like a, is that a, is, yeah, is that like spring a piece of a tree? Sprig, that's a, that's a plant thing, right? Yeah. And then Quaxley. Interesting. I think it'll be good. I hope the other stuff, I is like care. from some like rich family. Uh, I mean, I don't want to make any more ties to Donald Trump, but I, I hope it's just like a prep school duck and it's just like going to school with this little jacket and tie on. Uh, that's what I want. Quacks the only to time do. you have to worry about the, the duck is if his second evolution, it's like, oh, now he's the host of a reality show. And you're like, uh oh, yeah. And if yeah. the last version of is him in a suit, you, you know what's going on. Yep. Outside of that, I think you'll be fine. He's pretty Ultimately, cool. here's the thing. These Pokemon are only going to be this cute little first form for the first 16 to 18 levels. So, like, that's going to mm -hmm. go pretty quick. And then they're going to grow up to be badass. And then it's all about which one has the most badass final evolution that you're going to use for most of the game. So, who even fucking cares about SpaghettiOs or Fukuku? <laughs> like, it's, it's really about question, whatever SpaghettiOs times two is. Turns into, yeah. Yep. I do have a question, though. Again, Pokemon 26th anniversary gave us all kinds of stuff. Where is Pokemon Sleep? Still ain't talking about that bad boy, huh? Right? Right? Here's the thing. I sleep and I dream of Pokemon. Not the same thing, though. Or is it? Is it viral marketing? Hmm. Just getting into our dreams. And that was it the whole time. Kojima style. We were playing Pokemon Sleep the whole time. The whole time. But yeah, no. Cool announcements. There's some stuff that's missing, but I think people are going to be happy with Gen 9 over... Some mobile bullshit that monitors yep. you while you sleep. Yep. Very cool. Speaking of monitoring while you sleep, tell me about Cyberpunk, Adam. You've been playing some things. So moving on to playtime. Talking about playtime. Yeah. So uh, we talked about this with Trevor last week. And I've just played the same three games <laughs> this whole Dope. week. But yeah, been playing the hell out of Cyberpunk. Uh, that next gen update came out. Uh, restarted a whole brand new game a lot of new features a lot of cool stuff i think it's really good i really enjoy it and i'm now at the level where i'm basically one punching back so I, I made a punchy build not a melee build but fist specifically oh, yeah okay and i'm going around and if i like punch somebody in the head i can knock their head off 
Oh and shit! I'm, you know, I have I've only done like a couple main story missions because I'm like I didn't do all the side stuff the first time I played it. So I'm like all this shit's new to me. All this new side quest. I'm like I've never seen this shit before. And that whole first time I played it. So now I'm just going around. I'm super. I'm like way over leveled, and I'm just running through. And I'm just like pow. And it's like oh well, that guy's head's done. And just I'm literally just one punching people, and they're not doing damage to me because I'm so fucking powerful for where I am. So it's been a real fun time. I've enjoyed Dope. it quite a lot. It reminds me of like a like a monk in you know like D and D. It's like oh, there's mm-hmm. I used to, I played a monk in Dark Alliance two, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance two, and just you can just mm-hmm. like get little iron knuckles and shit like that with different oh. frost powers. I just, I just punched the shit out of people. And I loved it. Chad, you turned into a robot, by the way, on my side. I don't know. <gasps> turned if that's into a, a robot thing for everybody. Yeah, like just vocally or also visually. Both. You're vocally and visually a robot. We've we've dropped three percent of our frames. Uh oh. Mm. Yeah, we might be we might be running low on bandwidth. Can you still hear me though? I can barely hear you. Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Okay. Uh, we're gonna you take sound a like a robot pause. is the thing. We're gonna take a quick pause. Go to uh, hold screen, and we're gonna fix this. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And we're back. Hey, everybody. Uh, just a little hiccups with Comcast sucks. Um, so we uh, we're not streaming the rest of this episode but we are recording locally if you're listening to this on demand you, nothing nothing fucking changed adam's just like hey what's going on with you and then suddenly we're perfect again um where did we leave off you're talking about, I was talking about cyberpunk right? yeah and apparently a net runner got us <laughs> just shut us down <laughs> we're like stop talking about cyberpunk we're gonna get you so no that's been really fun that's really good uh qb of course you can guess quantum break quantum break Finish that yep. Um, you can tell how much it says about me that, that I, as a person who's not a fan of sports, saw QB and I was like, quarterback? Proud of me. <laughs> uh-huh. Proud of me. The guy who throws the ball on the football team? Yeah. Um, so no, I was playing, we were playing a quantum break for Barf. Uh, we'll get to Barf at the end of the show, but there's something interesting about Barf coming Ooh. up in the next month. But played that, I was doing one episode a day or one act a day or whatever, but then I got to four and I was like, you know what? There's only one left. And I went ahead and finished it all in one night. Had uh, had a good time with that. So ready to talk about that with Cozy Bear. Coming Tomorrow. very soon. You'll be hearing that podcast very soon. Yeah. So soon. Um, and then Horizon. More time in Horizon. I don't know. Probably 25 hours, 30 hours. Playing Zero Dawn or Forbidden West? No, Forbidden West. Zero Dawn's uninstalled. I don't want that okay. game. Okay. <laughs> I, got this, I got the sequel. I don't care about that game anymore. Uh, game's beautiful. Oh, my God. Might be one of my... One of the best-looking next-gen games. Yeah. Just because I like are the you, particle effects. Are you playing on favor resolution or favor performance? Resolution. Nice. Yeah. We we. we yeah. I was okay. So I getting into my playtime a little bit. I sat on the couch and watched Matt play it for like probably a total of an hour and a half. And we went back and forth between the two. Like switch it to this, play for like thirty seconds, switch to the other one, and we did that like five or six times. But the particle mm-hmm. effects. You mentioned the particle effects. Like that's. On resolu- on performance mode, 60 frames, like it feels really smooth, but then you see those and it looks like freaking static. It looks like static on a CRT TV. Yeah. And then it you switch to resolution yeah. and it's like, oh God, that looks like looks like dust and spores and shit. And it yeah. wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be that bad if the whole game weren't about those particle effects. Like the corruption everywhere and the corruption has all of it. And the it's, ice and there's all of it. Particle effects. Has it. Yep. At all times, there's always particle effects. So yeah, yep. ABC, I did that because I switched back effects. and forth 
Always. Uh, yeah, because I switched back and forth. I was like, what's wrong with this? And I was like, yeah, it's the particles are, look like shit <laughs> in 60 frames. I was like, but hey, 30 steady, you know, it makes sense. And uh, they did a lot of work on the animations. Because I remember playing yeah. Zero Dawn, and I was like, these conversations look bad. I I basically don't know what happened in the story because I skipped all of the cutscenes <laughs> because they were so oh, bad. Oh, no, Adam, and this no. one, Well, I know what happens, but like okay. individual conversations, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Um, and they were just like weird and stilted. But now they're like, everyone's like over, like everyone's in a play now. Everyone's like, oh my God. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed so much uh, what I've watched so far. The the performance definitely, like 30 frames a second, feels sluggish as hell right now. But I think it's just because everything else we're playing is 60 with this next yeah. gen stuff. But after after about 15 minutes of of watching Matt play 30, I got used to it and it no longer was an issue for me. But I think mm -hmm. I, I'm going to have to dedicate, when I play this for myself, which I was planning to do before the podcast, but I got caught up in this audio thing. Um, when I play it, I'm going to try to only play Horizon, which is going to be tough because of Witch Queen. But I'm going to try to only play Horizon rather than going back and forth so I don't have to readjust myself every time I turn it on. I just want to like marathon yeah. through it at 30 and move on. Understandable. That's it for me, though. Yeah, so I so I got a bunch on my list. Most of them are just like shout outs to fun things. But I did I watched a little bit for Horizon Forbidden West, and then I watched Brent and Matt play a little bit of Elden Ring because we were all like, obviously Holden is gonna get Elden Ring in our little friend mm -hmm. group. Holden's gonna get Elden Ring surprise, and then the rest of us were like, oh yeah, we'll probably end up getting it. And then those reviews dropped, and holy shit getting it's 97 on metacritic right now and it's one of the best reviewed games of all time all those 10 out of 10s are like okay fuck i have to get it so yeah we were i was watching them play it a little bit on friday um and it looks like it looks like a FromSoft game and it looks so good <laughs> and watching them the punishing uh the punishing combat uh watching them figure out the horse and how that all works and running away and, and <laughs> I, it, it was fantastic. especially watching matt who hasn't really played any from soft games and dallas who's like i think he's only played one or two and they were a long time ago so like watching them struggle through this thing was i i liked it a lot so i'm excited to get to that after fun. horizon i've got it i've got to mm -hmm. do horizon all in one sitting or else i'm not going to really finish it because I, I i do everything on the game i read every single article i listen to every audio log i because i, I want to mm -hmm. soak all of that up and then I'll crazy stuff. the thing about elden ring though yeah i saw those reviews come out and then I read the review because I was like, hmm, I want to read these reviews. Mm -hmm. And a review I read was like, oh, they're doubling down on the things that I don't like about Dark Souls. So I'm probably not going to get Elden Ring to Black Friday. Yeah. Even that's if it's what, a 10 out of 10, I'm like, you're doing the things that I saying. specifically don't like. All yeah. of these reviews were, by, were reviewed by people who love these games. And so if you love mm -hmm. these games, you're going to love this. Uh, so it's, yeah, I'm... I'm hoping that it hooks people i i have not read any of the reviews i'm the kind of person who like i don't i just like to see what score people give it just to see if it's worth my time mm -hmm. and then i want to experience it for myself and not be spoiled on anything um so i haven't read any of the shit but i'm curious if it's is, is it more accessible for people like bloodborne was for the series like is it a good entry point is it still just as like opaque and and obscure in its in its onboarding and all that kind of stuff i'm sure it is <laughs> uh, so, but I'm pumped for it. I do. I love me some me FromSoft games too. Now, I'm not as quite as big of a FromSoft nerd as like Trevor or Holden, but I do enjoy them. 
I definitely want to try it at some point. That's for sure. Uh, as I mentioned, we played some Fortnite, and contrary to what the last time I was on the show talking about, like we're not getting dubs anymore. The game is wisened up and said, all right, you guys are kind of good. You're getting dubs. Now we're going to put only half the game as bots and the rest of them are people. No more now bots. we're just baby. getting destroyed. And so yeah. it's not as fun. Not going to lie. <laughs> not as fun. <laughs> even if we're, even if I know that like, hey, now it's people. It's not as fun if we don't win. Um, but it's still fun playing with the boys. And then just shout out to like Mario Party Superstars. That game kicks ass. I know that Mario mm -hmm. Party gets a bad rap because it has made a lot of bad games. And even Super Mario Party, which came out, what, last year, year and a half ago? Like, that one was even, like, yawn, gross. But Mario Party Superstars, which is the one that came out in the last few months, that is just, like, a collection of all the best shit. Like, that is, it's still great. great. Shit. Still great. And I love that you can play it with anything. And this time I played it on uh, Joy-Cons instead of the N64 controller, and it's still a great time. Loving it. Um, Jackbox Party Pack. Ooh, yeah, we did a lot of that one night. It's always just, a good time. Just there's this one game where you have to like one of you is a liar and the other three people have a prompt and they respond to a prompt and then you have to figure out who's lying. And then we we basically mm, yeah, yeah. we did the pointing version of that. Fib is that what it is? Fibbish? I don't know. I've played I played Jackbox like six times. So I don't remember. Life. Yeah. We did a whole lot of pointing one night and we just screamed and and stood and pointed at each other till two in the morning and yelled. It was great. <laughs> And Smash Bros. Smash Bros. Everyone knows about Smash Bros. Yeah, great. But what a difference that game can be for someone who has like eight characters unlocked versus someone who has like sixty characters unlocked. Like that's mm -hmm. it's it's a very different experience when you have when you have all of those different people to choose from. And uh, one thing I like that we started doing is like towards the end of one, when we we're playing together, we're like we're only doing random. Everyone does random characters, so it's always a surprise every time. And when you have sixty plus characters, like. You, who the fuck knows who you're going to get or whether you've ever played as them and that makes things a lot more interesting so um but i hate that you have to work so hard to unlock all those characters so like somebody can't buy that it's game and immediately just have all these great people to play with that's yeah that's a that's a that's a shit that's a shit played some more pokemon sword and shield because i was high off of arceus and i was like i need something to do on this plane still passing on it not a fan mm -hmm. not a fan of it yep just wait so ready for scarlet Ready for Scarlett Johansson Charlotte. and Viola Davis. Viola Davis. That's the first yep. one that came to my mind, too. <laughs> um, last, everyone knows, this is what we've been talking about for a generation, and by that I mean a generation of human beings, Destiny 2, the Witch Queen. Oh, You're right. Was it an emotional experience? It was, it was an emotional. We prayed to Dale Earnhardt. True story. <laughs> During the very last mission. We didn't pray to God. We prayed directly to Dale himself, and he came through. He did? And, okay, that's good. Uh, first, the experience of playing it in the basement with the, with the three of them, just like back-to-back -back with each other, like that was over three days. It took us three days to get through the whole expansion, uh, through the whole storyline. There's still mm -hmm. so much of the expansion left for us to play, but through the whole um, campaign, basically, of the Witch Queen, and just doing it with them, was that's the perfect way to do it. It's, it was amazing. But they have a new mode. Like you, you can play through the campaign regular mission style, or they have a legendary version of these things, which makes them much. Oh, excuse me, makes them much harder, and it also caps your power level. So even if I've powered up and I've grinded and I'm fifteen twenty, when I play this mission, I'm at fourteen oh five. 
and maybe the power mm. level of that mission is 1430. So I'm like severely under leveled for this thing when I go into it. And so it provided a real challenge. And there were some of these missions that we spent a long time on these bosses and trying out just like tweaking little things that we did and different ways we communicate um, in order to figure it out. And that's the kind of stuff that that you get that real satisfaction from dungeons and raids and things like that. And these, you have to communicate, you have to tweak your loadout in the specific right way in order to get through it and then figure out, you know, there's some light puzzle solving in the campaigns as well. But it is so satisfying when you pull it off. And this campaign, not only because of the legendary, it did that the best that Destiny's ever done it, but the story, we're not going to spoil anything on this. And in fact, I want to do like a, an in-depth spoiler-filled thing with the boys as after we've like finished some more of the campaign stuff or some more of the expansion stuff but the story holy shit adam this is the most interesting most wild amazing story in a destiny game that we've had i think ever and it relies so what's what's wild about it is that it just it relies on so many things that they've been setting it up setting up since these fucking grimoire cards in destiny one that you'd have to go to bungie.net in order mm. to read the lore like all of that shit you see how it's been coming together over years of them crafting this narrative into this one little thing and it it it's amazing so uh all of that leading up to the last mission where all, all of these like reveals and things like that and fighting Savathun. Obviously, you know you're going to fight Savathun. It's in the first mission of this thing. It took us five hours. That last mission took us Whew. five hours to beat on Legendary Difficulty. But yeah, we got up afterwards. We all did a big group hug and we thanked Dale Earnhardt for letting us get through that mission. And it was fantastic. So I'm very, I'm, I'm pleased with the campaign of that game. I'm loving, there's this new system uh, uh, for crafting weapons. And usually if you're like, man, this auto rifle can randomly roll with a few different types of stats on it. Like maybe every kill automatically reloads it a little bit or every kill is stronger in succession. Like if you do rapid kills, it gets stronger. You can, you can get different perks on weapons and they're usually random when they drop. So you might pick up an auto rifle off of an enemy and be like, oh, cool, this is a good roll of that or this is a shit roll. And you might spend hours and hours and hours and hours trying for a god roll of something. But they have a new system that they revealed with the Witch Queen expansion where you can craft things. And in severely simplified terms, it's basically a version of this weapon drops, you use it a little bit to unlock the ability to craft that type of weapon, and then mm -hmm. you continue to use that same weapon and it will gradually unlock more and more that you can craft or, or tinker with on that weapon. So if you use that auto rifle a lot, then you can get more and more powerful perks on it. So it's like that's a very, very overly simplified because obviously it's Destiny, so it has to be complex and and really like obtuse. But it's a simplified version of you like that weapon, use it a lot, you'll eventually get really cool perks that you can then tinker with and and shape. So can you get the god roll by doing that? Yes. Yeah. You can okay. any perk that can drop on that weapon, you can eventually pick yourself and and craft it gotcha. but again there's like legendary materials that you need in order to do that, that you'll have to grind in order to get or you'll have to use that weapon a bunch and so you have to make choices well, of course like, let's not be silly it's not gonna exactly. be easy <laughs> exactly so uh, right now i'm at the point where like oh man i need ascendant alloy to make to put in these really strong perks on this one weapon on this glaive that i've got which is a new type of weapon that came out which is amazing and I'm like, ooh, I need one Ascendant Alloy for that, but I also have this Exotic over here, and to get its Catalyst, I need three Ascendant Alloys. Now I gotta feel like, what do I wanna use my Alloy for first? And then I gotta grind for some more, and like, do I, do I use the Glaive more than I use that? And it's like, <sighs> so all of that decision-making and all of the grinding, it's all there, and it's wonderful. Um, and then as, we, as I mentioned to you, I can't remember whether I did this on air, actually I think it was before air, 
yeah, there's there's this new idea that like the hive, which is traditionally this species that's driven by the power of darkness and uh, by the thirst for killing and all that kind of stuff, they now have the same light, like the traveler, which has granted us light and these wonderful powers in order to banish the darkness. It has granted that same light to the hive, and so they now have ghosts that resurrect them and grant them these powers. And after you kill one of them, you have to crush their ghost in your hand. And it is so mm. satisfying to like take out this super powerful thing that's like throwing the same fucking supers, the same Captain America beat you to shit with a shield or the hunter throw a bunch of fire attack, like the same things you're doing to them, they're now doing back to you. And then you go up there and you just fucking crush that ghost and it, we call it push and pee. And hit, push the uh, pee, yeah. And push and pee, yep. Push the pee. Um, it's, it's fantastic. It's so good. So satisfying. But ultimately, the implications of like where this goes story-wise, we've watched already hours worth of lore videos. Right before the campaign, there's a guy named... Uh, actually, I recommend... If anyone's not done this already, or if you're interested in Destiny, and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to jump into the Witch Queen soon, or I'm a little bit into it, and I'm, I'm not kind of confused on the story. There's a guy on YouTube called My Name is Bife, B-Y-F. He pronounces it Bife, but it's Biff. But he says Bife. Whatever. Um... He makes lore videos that are hours and hours long, and he makes at least like one a week. But he and his team have created an, a two-hour-long video about the history of the darkness and the three sisters. That like one of them was Sabathun, who's this whole campaign is about. Watch that video because he explains all of this stuff, and maybe watch it like two or three times because it's it's uh, really <laughs> obtuse and difficult to wrap your brain around. But watch that video because a lot of the things that he's talking about in this history actually do come to light and you get to see them animated and you see secrets about that. And it's like, oh my God, I love that I knew that and I had that context going into this. And technically all the stuff that he's saying is stuff you could have gotten by reading descriptions on items or in-game lore or that kind of stuff or occasionally through a cutscene or two. But now we're actually getting it fully supported in like cutscene fashion or through dialogue and all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's wonderful. So go look up My Name is Bife, B-Y-F. Also, we got some like copyright strikes and on that video, and so it's not performing as well as it should have. But they were all false, and Bungie even like actually went to bat for us, like, "Hey, nope, this is like let this guy put his shit on YouTube because it's awesome." So uh, go help out his algorithm and just put it on mute and watch it if you're not interested in Destiny. That's it. That's all I want to talk about Destiny for now. Until next week, or until we do a spoiler podcast about it too, which you should, which we we hundred percent will. Especially because Adam, oh my God, the raid drops in less than a week. It drops next weekend. Mm. So the new raid, which is like dealing with, I assume something, the consequences of whatever we've done with Sabathun. Um, and that's next weekend. That's, and we're going to, we've all, our six group, our group of six, me, Matt, Dallas, Joel, Audrey, Jerrica, we've all taken off Saturday and Sunday and some of us even Monday, just in case. We're going to freaking discover this raid with fun. the rest of the world and try to beat it. It's going to be so good. We're going to fail a lot and probably won't finish it this weekend because no one knows how to do it yet. Literally no one in the world knows how to beat this mm. thing. So we're going to be figuring it out right along with them. Very nice. <sighs> That's it. That's all my destiny too. Let's move on to the quest log. We've got some stuff in here. Stuff with a capital S, one F, just like Oreos. Starting with... PS Spartacus rumors and PSVR 2 shown off. This stuff comes from GameSpot. Uh, let's start by talking about Spartacus. We've been, we've been kind of hearing rumors for the last few weeks, couple months maybe, about a PlayStation Game Pass competitor. 
and we have a couple of new little nuggets here. According to a recent report by VentureBeat, PlayStation Spartacus will offer up users three tiers, and the tentative names for these are Essential, Extra, and Premium. However, these names are subject to change. The first tier plan, so if you go and you're like, I want to pay for the Essential level of PlayStation Spartacus, it's going to cost you 10 bucks US dollars. And you're going to get a small selection of PlayStation of, of games each month. Maybe you think like the PlayStation Plus lineup each month. And then there's the extra tier. You want to bump up $3? You're going to get that same benefit, but you're also now going to get a large catalog of PlayStation titles similar to PlayStation Now. Ooh, what? Chicken cheese tender biscuit. Lastly, there's the <laughs> premium title. If you want to bump it up to 16, that includes that same thing, PlayStation Now streaming capabilities, kind of like Xbox Game Pass xCloud. And then a library of classic games and new game trials, allowing players to try out new games before they purchase them. However, these will likely have a time limit function similar to EA Play. Uh, and I mentioned that's $16. So that's the premium tier option. In contrast to Xbox Game Pass, it doesn't seem like PlayStation Spartacus is going to offer day one releases uh, for PlayStation games, similar to what Xbox does. Um, but uh, they are looking to move into the trial phase in the next few weeks and hoping to announce it sometime in March. Pause. Mm -hmm. How's that rub you? Uh, it sounds like I'll be staying with the base. Uh... It sounds like I. This. It sounds like I will probably also be saying with the base version of this, but also I hope that it doesn't. Essentially, it's PlayStation Plus, which I get for forty bucks a year on sale a lot of times, and if now that's yeah, only four months worth of access for, for the same shit. Ooh, I hope it's not like that, because then I will. Yeah, I hope I could still just buy the cards, you know, on sale for forty bucks for a full year. Yep. But if now it's like, oh no, you have to get it for ten dollars a month, then I'm gonna have a problem. But I don't know yep. if this is necessarily that. But ooh, I hope not. That would not be good. Uh, as far as the other ones, I think that's a pretty solid deal if you're like a PlayStation first gamer. I'm about to get to get to it in another part, but it seems like the PS Now, whatever, thirteen dollar version of it might start getting more things day one. So maybe that'll be interesting. Not PS you know playstation game just like playstation exclusives but um so that one you know just to have that library of games to play for three extra dollars a month i think it's not too bad um and then the 16 dollars one doesn't do it for me because library of classic games and we've been talking about it for months about playstation uh backwards compatibility finally coming mm -hmm. and this might be the way to do it but i don't care about playing those old games so i wouldn't do that the game trial seems interesting but like what is a game trial like what games offer that and then how long is it Here's that how it worked cool, on PS3. Because it was really cool with EA Play. Like, Game Trials was a... Like, if you were a PlayStation Plus subscriber on PS3... Again, PlayStation Plus was not required for online play on that generation. It was just like, hey, here's some extra things. You get some games every month. And then you get Game Trials. And that was the thing. And virtually every single game had a one-hour PlayStation Plus game trial. So you could, play, you could play the first hour of the game for free. Um, now, is that I, every game? So if it's like, oh, Call of Duty's out, I, I have PlayStation Plus, I get an hour of Call of Duty? It was basically it like every game, yeah. This so like, a digital game. Oh, I was, of course it has to be digital, for sure. I mean, digital you, only. Because remember, like, Xbox Live Arcade had demos, but all of those, yeah. again, were, like, $20 digital no, games. No, these were the Assassin's Creed, it was Max Payne, it was, like, oh, it was okay. actually, like, every game virtually had uh, a, an hour-long trial. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. 
You brought up this point here. The next little story is Shadow Warrior 3 coming to PS Now day one. And while that might not sound like a, a big deal, it kind of is because this is the first time that a game is launching day and date on Sony's streaming service coming on March 1st, uh, which is kind of a little bit of a, uh, a tell for what we might expect going forward for this, whatever Spartacus might be, having new games launching as part of the service as well, which is something that I think yeah. Xbox Game Pass has... That's where I feel like they get a lot of their attention is not just with first party titles, but also with things like um, Outriders launching day one on that thing or uh, Destiny 2 Be Online launched day one on Game Pass. You don't have to pay any money. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, you can get all the new content. Like that's the kind of those big mm -hmm. things often make us a, a splash or Rainbow yep. Six Extraction. Like literally, I would not have played that game had it not been on Game Pass. If it were not Game Pass, MLB The Show. I was like, I don't care about yep. baseball, but it's free. Sure, I'll try it out. Yep. So it looks like so, we're starting to get that same kind of idea coming to the Sony PlayStation Spartacus. Yeah, because because technically March first, technically it's still PS now. But again, if the reports right. are you know to be believed, that will eventually become maybe the thirteen dollar tier. So you can get things like once in a while Shadow Warrior level game maybe on day one. And again, because Game Pass day one it came out compared to Game Pass now are completely different. So maybe a year from now that middle tier is actually like a lot better and you get a lot of more cool stuff on there i guess we'll have to see but yeah next little part of this playstation block is psvr 2 shows us a selfie Ooh. Do you remember when we had to teach people what the word selfie even meant no that time i refuse to speak to those people remember when the word emoji was like unhurt like we, like that was less than a decade ago we didn't even know what emoji were we had emoticons you mean emoticon <laughs> yeah um, so PSVR 2, we got a little bit more information on it and we got a picture. We got heart with final design hardware, which included the headset itself. It looks kind of similar to PSVR in shape and style. It's still got the same halo strap. It's still got the, um, the, the headset, the familiar design choice of like having the button that moves it in and out. Um, and it has the same design aesthetic as the PlayStation 5 line of accessories as well. So a lot of white with black accents. Uh, if you picture in your head what a, a standard VR headset looks like nowadays, it kind of looks like that. looks like if PSVR had a baby with an Oculus Quest 2. looks mm -hmm. very similar to what Quest we've already 3, got. Quest 3, baby. Some, That's what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, <laughs> what I'm surprised about is they, they uh, let a, a couple of things slip. Not slip. It was purposely dropped. But a couple of things uh, are now known about the headset. We know it has inside-out tracking. But we also learned that they have a the same like the headphone jack is in the same spot so we now have that confirmed so that's familiar we've got the inside the the visor moving button but they also said they ha now have the ability to adjust the lenses to fit your eyes they have uh a, they're building an event to the visor as well which is something like man that's a really good quality of life thing that i never thought about because if you're playing Beat Saber or something like that requires a lot of movement, yeah, it can get foggy in there and sweaty and gross. So to have a vent built into that is a really cool little feed, cool little uh, quality of life feature there too. But the most interesting thing to me is that with all that updated tech in it, it's actually lighter than PSVR 1 was. And I was like, wow, that's pretty dope. That's going to be, uh, not only was that already the most comfortable VR headset, but now it's going to be even more comfortable since it's so light on your head which is wild. And then finally, the controllers. We finally got a, a finished design look at those, and they look essentially the same, but 
sorry, the same as what we've already seen of those, not a move controller, thank God, but they have, they are now white and black as opposed to the like gray that they've shown off in previous reveals as well. So they match that PS5 aesthetic as well. Like the handle with the little circle around where your thumb would be kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah. So I'm pumped. I hope we do get a, like a, a later this year release date and reveal. I'm excited to see. We've heard so much about specs now. I'm excited to see what that looks like in terms of how it affects gameplay and what is possible on that system. Because that's what's really going to... Right now, it's like, cool, those are cool specs. But like Oculus Quest 2 is really convenient. What's different about PSVR 2? Like, what am I going to be only able to play on those that I can't do on my on a Quest? Like, that's what I'm excited to find out. That and price. Yeah, price. This thing's going to be... Whew. They're still using OLED... Like, they're the only people in the whole VR industry right now using OLED displays. And it's going to be super high resolution. So, like, what, what is that going to look like? We will see. In another little announcement we've got street fighter 6 is officially announced it comes from matt kim and ign and this one too is like not a lot that we know but we know that it's coming so uh after six years two updates we're finally moving on from street fighter 5 to street fighter 6 we see a brief little teaser at the end of the capcom pro tour uh has really beefed up ryu ryu papa johns uh as he faces luke who I did not know this roster was this big. Luke is the 45th and final character of Street Fighter V, who is teased to be in the sequel. Uh, and this announcement coincided with the 35th anniversary of Street Fighter, which is dope. So again, we don't know anything about it. We don't know platforms. We don't know whether it's going to be PlayStation exclusive like Street Fighter V was. We don't know basically anything. We don't know when it's coming. All we know is that we're going to learn more in the future. Yeah, um, so I've never really been a big Street Fighter guy. I just preferred like Mortal Kombat and stuff to that. But I know it's a big deal. I know the trailer showed off some feet, but yeah, basically <laughs> no actual information, just Ryu's toes. Um, <laughs> I Yeah, the thing about it being, I don't know if it'll be exclusive again, because I don't think it was the, the fault of being exclusive, but 5 was probably one of the least popular Street Fighters yeah. that have come out. And I, I don't blame that on the exclusivity. I think it was more based on like, the way that they wanted to release the game and put content in the game. But I don't know if they want to do that again. I guess we'll see if Sony's willing to pay the money for it. But, um, you know, maybe this game will come back to, to prominence because I don't know anybody who plays Street Fighter V, uh, point blank period. I know people no, who play yeah. 4. <laughs> they don't even play 5. So, um, but it's exciting whenever, you know, you get a sequel to a classic franchise. Uh, I won't play it because I'm bad at that fighting game specifically. But I hope everyone fun. <laughs> I'm bad at most fighting games. So if this one's free as part of my premium PlayStation Spartacus subscription, maybe I will play it. Who knows? Maybe. Speaking of fighting games, no Smash Bros. at Evo. This comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Nintendo uh, has just announced that at Evo 2022, you will not see Super Smash Bros. at the tournament in any capacity, which was the world's largest fighting game tournament that is now owned by Sony. Um, so this is, uh, kind of a big blow because it's a super popular game at Evo. People love watching it, tuning in. There's been a lot of really exciting things that have come out of that. A lot of exciting moments, but, uh, we just won't see that, I guess. Who knows if it is related to Sony owning it. And there's like, okay, now that it's a competitor's product, we're not going to be involved. We don't know, but there are a couple of quotes here. One is quote, while we're thankful for all the amazing games joining us later this year in Las Vegas, we want to let you know in advance that Super Smash Bros. will not be making a return appearance. Since 2007, we've seen historic Super Smash Bros. moments created at Evo's events. We are saddened that Nintendo has chosen not to continue that legacy with us this year. 
In the future, we hope to once again celebrate the Super Smash Bros. community alongside them. Uh, okay from Nintendo from also Evo said that it wishes the show's organizers the best and that it will continue to assess Evo in the future. What was it that you said that I just totally talked over you? Oh, no. You're, the, the quotes that you read were from a tweet from Evo itself. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, correct. That was from Evo. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Um, I do. I mean, we're almost done. Well, I'll let you finish that last thing before I talk on it because it's pretty funny. Yeah. So uh, another speculation is that this move could also be due to Nintendo partnering with Panda Global for the first officially licensed series of Super Smash Bros. esports esports tournaments in North America. So they might just be saying, if you want to watch competitive Smash Bros., we've got our own thing now, so you're not going to see it anywhere else. Yeah, I, uh, again, it's sad to see. I know people love Smash Bros. I mean, I like Smash Bros. probably more than watching most fighting games because they're too technical and boring. Even though I know it's technical at that level, no matter what you play, but it's more fun when it's the dog from... Uh, Duck Hunt fighting against Olimar. It's more fun to watch that. Uh, yep. actually, everyone always played Bayonetta. Uh, but I like this quote right here. It's Nintendo's choice to not be part of Evo following Sony's purchase. At the time of the acquisition, Nintendo said that it wishes the show's organizers the best and it will continue to assess Evo in the future. The minute I remember this story happening and remember reading that quote, being like, well, Smash Brothers is never going to be at Evo again. <laughs> the minute they're like, we'll assess it. It's like, nah, Sony's got it. We're not doing that. And then yeah. I forgot when this Panda Global thing, but they're like, yeah, we'll just give it to somebody else. We'll make our money. And yeah, I, I didn't. The minute that Sony bought it, I'm like, yo, Nintendo's not going to be there. Let me tell you. I promise you that. It's like when you send out RSVPs on like a Facebook event and somebody responds maybe like they're not fucking going but they don't want to tell you no it should just be yes and no don't even put the maybe there just don't answer if you're gonna put maybe (laughs) because you know that means no um but again maybe this thing where like street fighter 6 is announced you know clearly playstation wants content at evo because they own evo now maybe that is maybe you know street fighter 6 is exclusive because they're like we need i mean people would watch evo regardless but Maybe they want to lock that up. Be like, oh, Evo, sponsored by PlayStation, the place where you can get Street Fighter Six. You know, a little marketing thing, maybe. Yeah. Perhaps. In another turn that makes me kind of excited, Call of Duty 2023 delayed? <gasps> Says Jordan Ramey at GameSpot. So 2023's Call of Duty, not the one coming out this year, but next year's Call of Duty may be delayed to the following year. This would be the first time in almost two decades that there hasn't been an annual Call of Duty game. Wild. It's a big number. Wild. Bloomberg reports that Activision Blizzard delay will delay 2023's Call of Duty in hopes of further polishing the game. The report also says that Activision Blizzard is pushing this new Call of Duty's release following a recent game failing to meet expectations. They didn't name anything in particular, but both Vanguard and Warzone un- Vanguard and Warzone underperformed in 2021 compared to Cold War and Warzone in 2020. So it's probably a reference to those underperforming. Bloomberg also recently reported that the th- that three Call of Duty games are in the works. Two of those games have been confirmed. We know that Warzone 2 is coming alongside an updated engine in Modern Warfare 2. So this is the third unannounced game that is getting delayed. So likely we'll still see Modern Warfare 2 and Warzone 2 later this year, but this third Treyarch game that was supposed to be coming next year is likely now coming in 2024. That's exciting to me because I do feel like 
in in most franchises like Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, like things can get tired, time away. Like we saw this with with Assassin's Creed, time away from a franchise even for a year can breathe new life into it. Uh, and as as Activision saw, like Vanguard underperformed. I really enjoyed the campaign, but most people are like, no, nah, nah. and no, I I don't hear anybody playing that multiplayer right now either. So mm. if I hear that somebody's playing multiplayer in Call of Duty, it's probably zombies from last year's or the year before last game, or it's Warzone. Um, so I'm excited for them to kind of take a take a, a breather, give them some time to polish it and make something really fantastic and come back really strong. And if this deal with Microsoft goes through, it could also come with like a brand new, I don't know, brand new model. How do they release this game? On what? Is it a subscription service? Is it a, who knows what it could be? There's so many opportunities out there. So I'm glad things are getting shaken up a little bit. Yep. I remember during the talk of Microsoft getting, you know, acquiring Activision, they're like, oh, we got to sell because it's hard to keep up in this uh, market. That's Activision talking. And then, you know. Microsoft's like, yeah, we're going to come in and we'll we'll still want to put out the games, but we'll, we'll let the teams do what they want to do. I do like how this coincides perfectly. We're like, the deal should go through by next summer at absolute latest. And they're like, all right, so there won't be a game in 20... Again, also when this story came out and they kept saying 2023, I'm like, oh, they're delaying this year's game? I didn't realize it was 2022. I can't get it in my head. Um, <laughs> but, so that means that after the year delay, that will be officially a Microsoft game at that point. So... You're absolutely going to get that on Game Pass. Da, 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 like they could do whatever they want with it, but we do know that that this one at least will still be on PlayStation, and they should all continue. You know, if we believe what everything that's been said. So, I think time off is good because, like, I remember you, you just said perfectly. Just the year between um, Assassin's Creed Syndicate and Origins, I think it was a year. Maybe it was two. It wasn't a long time, but it was like, oh, this is completely. This is awesome now. Because yeah. people hate a Syndicate. I thought it was fine as whatever. Um, and then they took off that break and like Origins was like, was hitting. I loved Origins a lot. So if Call of Duty can do the same thing and like if Modern Warfare 2 is super good because we, you know, the first, everyone loved the first one, <laughs> the second first one. Um, <laughs> and then if Warzone 2 comes out and if War, that's the thing. If you make Warzone 2 popular, you can keep that riding for two years easy. So yeah. as long as they put all their eggs in that basket and make that super good, we're going to have changes with management you know, let people take time and make it better. And then I guarantee that when 2024 comes out, a game's going to sell like probably one of the best selling Call of Duty games. People were like, I'm, I'm horny. I need a new Call yep. of Duty. And they're going to be all over it. So I think this is probably a good yep. move. Better game, maybe better sales. Papa John's. Papa John's. Love it. Uh, we got a couple more things here on the list. Fallout, New Vegas 2, maybe real. Ooh, what? Ooh, says Otto Kretke at GameSpot. This is according to... So, real quick, yeah, Chad. Go for it. Yeah, have you clicked on this link yet? Oh, no, I have not. For the line you're reading. Go ahead and read the line and then quick, click, on the, click on that tweet. Okay. According to this tweet from a year ago and new reports, clicking it, according to Adam <laughs> Gumby from a year ago, March 10th, 2021. Xbox owns Bethesda plus Xbox owns Obsidian equals Fallout New Vegas 2. A guy can dream. Look at you. Look also, at you, look, look how much reaction ways. that tweet got. I think that's my most viral tweet I've ever had. Not too bad at all. Oh, shit, dude. Oh, shit. I had no idea who was on my... A thousand. A thousand solid likes. Mm-hmm. It was more. Someone unliked it. I just made it a thousand and one right now. 
Hey. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, we're about to get into this story, and there's actual real journalists who talked about it. But the minute those acquisitions happened, I was like, wait, who made Vegas? New Vegas? Oh, mm-hmm. who, who owns the IP to Fallout? Oh, all of it's Microsoft. Give it to me. And then for some reason, that dumb tweet that I made, and I literally Googled Fallout New Vegas 2 for that image. I don't even know who made it. Uh, and then it blew up, kind of, you know, in a small way. And I thought it was really funny. So I like to give myself credit for predicting this. And now we'll listen you, to what Jeff You made this happen. Say. Phil Spencer saw this Basically. and he said, oh, that's a good idea, Adam. Thank you. Phil Spencer's in my DMs. <laughs> so here's the here's the trail of breadcrumbs that leads us to this. In the latest episode of his show, Grub Snacks, Jeff Grubb claimed that there are ongoing talks at Microsoft that could lead to Obsidian creating a sequel to Fallout New Vegas. Grubb said, quote, this is very early, but people have begun to have talks and say these words and sentences. And these words are Obsidian and New Vegas 2. Right now, Obsidian's working on Avowed. That's the upcoming like Elder Scrolls-esque looking RPG. Um, so that means if they are currently working on New Vegas 2, it's going to be quite a, a, a while away. So uh, Grubb says, quote, we're talking years and years away. There's at, least, there's at least an interest and conversations happening about making something like that actually a reality. I've never played Fallout... Sorry, New Vegas. I've never played New Vegas... But when people talk about Fallout games, like that is, that is a, a game outside the traditional Fallout universe, and everyone seems to always love it. Like people are, people will be like, "Oh yeah, I can give, I can give you a ground here. I understand Fallout Three had its things, and Fallout Four, yeah, it's good." And then this, but it, whenever people talk about New Vegas, like, "Oh, that game was great. That game was awesome." And I know that you you enjoy a, a good Fallout. Are you super mm-hmm. super excited for this, or are you kind of like Kotor, where you're like? I don't know. This could be good. I don't know. Although your your Kotor concerns are are quite different. Yeah, they're very valid. Is what they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this one. I mean, again, the tweet from a year ago proves it. Now, I mean, here's the thing: is that Obsidian already did it once, and they made it good. I mean, I personally like basically everything Obsidian made. I'm just like an Obsidian fan. I like the style and the way that they do things, even if it's not always the most high budget. It might be a little janky here and there. I just like the way that they do things. So this would be really cool, especially with you got the money now, Microsoft's backing it, and that team is basically the same team that's been making stuff forever. So I think it would be great. Um, just give us something new and interesting in Fallout. The first one was fantastic. I mean, everyone who talks about it, yeah, that's what it is. No one bad talks New Vegas. Yeah. Um, I mean, the game's old now, so you know it's hard to go back to at the moment. But it was really cool and did really awesome things at the time. Um, so I would be very excited. Again, it's different from a studio who ports bad games compared to all these people under an umbrella of a trillion dollar company who already make good games. So I would be very happy about this. And again, I'll get this in fucking six years or whatever, but it'll be cool. Yeah. Last story here. Square. And I, I hate that. I kind of called this in a tweet a couple weeks ago. Square Enix claims another game didn't whoa, sell whoa, well. Hold enough. on. Hold on, Chad. Wait, Pull are up we your both tweet. Fortune, like future fortune tellers? <laughs> Pull up your tweet and I'll read it for you. All okay, right. Okay. 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 Uh, let me get I'm right. go Square to Enix Twitter. claims. Yeah, you got it. Square Enix yeah. claims another game didn't so well enough. This is from Ryan Disdale at IGN.com. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy had a slow start for Square Enix as the publisher admitted the game initially underperformed when it launched in October of last year. During its latest financial briefing, Square Enix commented that despite receiving positive reviews, Guardians of the Galaxy sales, quote, sales on launch undershot our initial expectations, end quote. Uh, the game made up ground later, however, through different sale initiatives, such as store discounts that began in November and Square Enix said intends to work 
to work to continue to expand sales to make up for the title's slow start. Now, I'll get to your tweet before we get to what I'm about to talk about, because I, boy. All right. Uh, so I, I beat Guardians of the Galaxy the day before I left for my birthday vacation, because I knew that as soon as Destiny, Horizon, and Elden Ring came out, there's no way I was going to finish it. Dunzo. So I, I went and I beat it, and, and I tweeted on February 14th, Valentine's Day. I tweeted my like brief little review. It was like, hey, I'm conflicted. Excellent ensemble characters. Story is 100% worth experiencing. But slow gameplay, repetitive combat got tired and annoying halfway through, and I could use more polish. And then I had a follow-up tweet right under that, and I said, I really do hope it does well enough to get a sequel, even though Square Enix tends to have a really skewed view on whether a game is successful. Called huh? Look at you. Cut to two We're weeks later. Hey. We're like Nostradamus of video games. Right? Is that the guy who predicted stuff? <laughs> Uh, I'm just thinking of Dave Chappelle not, where he was Nick, Nick Kama Sutra. Kama Sutra predicts things. Yo, yeah, absolutely. I'm the master of Kama Sutra. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> like you were saying, the skewed per perspective. I just have random numbers about a little game called Tomb Raider, which came out in 2013. Uh, Tomb Raider sold 1 million copies in less than 48 hours. Uh, in the UK, it debuted number one on the charts and became the UK's biggest uh, game of 2013 until GTA 5 came out, of course. Uh, Tomb Raider 2013 set a franchise for the or set a record for the franchise, more than doubling the debut sales of uh, Tomb Raider Legend, so double the best launch. Um, let's see, 360 and PS3 versions uh, set a new week one record as the fastest selling individual format of any Tomb Raider title. Um, sold 3.4 million copies uh, in the first. What was that? On March 26, 2013. That it sold three point four million. I think there's like two months after launch, something like that, maybe a lot. Um, but Square Enix said it failed to reach sales predictions. So literally one of the best selling games of the year, three point four million copies in a month or two. Square Enix says it wasn't enough. Um, let's see. On March 29th, 2013, Square Enix defended Tomb Raider sales, stating the reboot had the most successful launch of any game that year, in addition to setting a new record for highest sales in the franchise history. On January 17th, 2014, Scott Amos, executive producer of Tomb Raider, revealed uh, the game had become profitable at the end of 2013. By April 2015, Gallagher announced the sales had reached 8.5 million, making the game the best-selling best -selling Tomb Raider game as of that moment. And as of October 2021, the game had sold more than 14 and a half million copies. So, literally the most successful Tomb Raider game, basically, of all time up to that point. Square Enix said it was a failure. Just point yep. that out there. Just point it out there. They did, they did the same thing there. with with Avengers. Like, honestly, like, Avengers obviously didn't have staying power, and the, the, like, the platform that Avengers does for the endgame isn't good. But the game itself sold a ton when it first came mm. out. And it, it benefited from being earlier than a lot of things that fall. But, like... It was it was breaking records. It was selling a lot of shit. And then there's like, oh, yep. Failed to meet our expectations. Not selling well enough. It's like, what the? What do you guys want? What do you want from video games? <laughs> <laughs> they need every game to be the best-selling game of all time, apparently. Yeah. Like, this game, like, Tomb Raider literally was the best-selling game of the franchise. They're like, not good enough. I'm like, yeah. oh, what? I just don't, I'm with you. Like, I don't think. It, was, it doesn't matter what... So I kind of hope Guardians does well at sales because I don't know how well it sold. I do think it's a good... I'm with I, The review you have is basically the same thing I have where it's like the gameplay is whatever. It's fine, you know, at best, but like everything else is fucking top-notch, which makes that game really cool. Um, 
And I hope it sold well enough because the sequel will be great. But Square Enix will be like, oh, you sold 5 million copies in three months? Not good enough. Like, they'll just say that just because that's what they do. I don't yeah. understand. And you know what? I, maybe it's just that, like, maybe it's just that Square Enix hates Crystal Dynamics. And, I think so. And Eidos Montreal. Because, well, that, hate because it's Avengers, it's Tomb Raider, both Crystal Dynamics. And didn't Eidos Montreal do the third Tomb Raider game? Yeah. Yeah, they did the third Tomb Raider, and, and then they, they did, did Guardians. Galaxy. Yeah, Guardians of the mm-hmm. Galaxy. And maybe they just, like, they fucking hate these studios. And they're just like, anything they do is never good enough. They're the redheaded stepchild. And maybe that's why, maybe that's why these teams, Crystal Dynamics is going to work on this Microsoft game, Perfect Dark. Just be like, like please, please, dear God. Hey, help us Can out, I go bro. Stay Let's with come Aunt, work with What's you. her face for the summer? I can't stand mom and dad anymore. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. They just hate Canada. Square Enix just hates Canada. That's all it is. That's what it is. Wild. That's it for our quest log. We're moving on to a segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Segment from Adam. Adam gives us a segment. It's great. All right, Adam, what you got? I do. I actually have two segments for us this week. Oh, shit. I, I also like how you actually liked that tweet that I, that I did. Mm, That's yep, fantastic. Yep. Um, so, I have two things. First, I was conflicted this weekend. I was like, hey. Well, actually, I was just asking just a general, like, hey, what's everyone playing? There's been a lot of games that come out in the last seven days. And I was also like, what should Adam play or AKA buy? Uh, so, we did a poll over on at Respawn Aimfire on Twitter. Uh, we got 40 votes in that poll. Ooh, Pretty good. That's one of our most popular very, polls. It was very nice, very nice. <laughs> These percentages are wild. Uh, Elden Ring was at 25%. What, I asked, you know, what people have been playing last week. Elden Ring was at 25%. Destiny 2 Witch Queen was at 25%. Horizon Forbidden West was at 50%. I don't Whoa. know how you get those exact numbers out of a... I understand it's an even number, but it's kind of weird to have yeah. those exact numbers. But just a little throw in there. Hey, that's what everyone's been playing this week. Guys, I hope you're enjoying your video games. Uh, <laughs> there was a couple people who commented things that weren't what I said in the poll. Um, <laughs> shout out to Nico, who said he's playing uh, Jack and Dexter Trilogy for the first time. Very, very nice. Oh, cool. cool. Um, and then Jeffrey Walker said he's waiting for WWE 2K22. I hope that game's good because I love wrestling, but that last game was awful. So <laughs> I pray to God that game is good. Just wanted to shout that out. But now for the real... Oh, segment br- from Adam. Brief 10 second mm-hmm. little, little side, side story. Take 12. I watched my very first wrestling match a couple days ago. Oh. I've never seen wrestling before, but everyone else who I was with was really big wrestling fans. I was like, all right, find, find like the best shit to show me. And oh my mm-hmm. God, throwing people off the top of cages and breaking their arms and shit like that. And their tooth is in their nose and they still fight. Oh, to the they d- showed oh you. Mankind Undertaker? Yeah, Mankind Undertaker. They showed me like Ooh, a... Oh boy, that's a wild match. Uh, uh, it was a... What do they call it? It was tab, tables, ladders, chairs match between the it was Dudley twins or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, Dudley uh, boys, yep. Dudley boys, yeah. It was, it was, and it was like three groups of people and they were all... Yeah, it was a wild Is that shit. where the dude gets speared from the top of the ladder or whatever? Was yep. that that match? Yep, yep. That's yeah, the, yep. That's they showed one. me that match. And then I watched some Especially shit with... Especially the commentary. The the fucking there's like an a, an amateur type match that they showed me too where it's like br- audience mm-hmm. brings the weapons and they just pick up oh, whatever the audience brings and they beat shit the shit out of there's fucking baseball bat covered in thumbtacks and they're just wailing oh, yeah. on each other with it and a Sega Genesis and a freaking Christmas tree wrapped in razor blades and 
these guys, and I asked every single time, I was like, those guys are getting paid a lot of money, right? Like, it's worth it. And they're like, nah. No, they're not getting paid very those well. Those amateur at all. dudes, especially the amateur not, dudes, yeah. not worth it. It's like, oh my no. god, fucking wild shit. But yeah, I watched my first wrestling. So W, uh, what is it? WWE twenty twenty two. Two K twenty two. Yep. Two K twenty two. Mm hmm. Could be cool. Maybe I just wrestling got into wrestling. Is, Who knows? It's wild. It's crazy. Especially you had that great commentary. It was like, my god, he's dead. He killed him. He's literally broken in half. <laughs> the guy's Kinda literally brought moment. off in a stretcher. Mm-hmm. Talking about. Uh, Man, man, mankind. Yeah, mankind. Brought off in a stretcher, concussed to fuck, can't move, and then he goes and climbs back up that thing with his arm ripped out of its socket. And oh my god, yeah, wild stuff. It's great. Uh, so for my segment, we we could keep talking about wrestling, but we're going to talk about video games. Best reviewed video games of the month. February is a short month. It's here already, and what a month for games that review super well. I was very shocked. Um. So, we'll go ahead and go at number one. Elden Ring, 97 on Metacritic. I believe we mentioned it earlier. One of the best-reviewed games uh, on Metacritic of all time. Audience reviews are all over the place. Apparently, it runs like poop on PC. PC people (laughs) are not happy that the game runs like shit. Um, Some people not understanding it's a Souls game, maybe. Uh, But critic reviews is 97, which is very, very, very good. Uh, Fantastic, actually. Uh, Horizon... Sting at 98 on Metacritic. Also nothing to sneeze at. Very, very solid there. Total War Warhammer 3 sitting at an 87, which Adam's excited for. Damn. This is a Warhammer. Look at look at these review scores. Uh, it's Warhammer RTS. You play demons and play in the Warhammer universe. Uh, they've made three of them that I've heard very good things. Ollie Ollie World, the skateboarding game where you can play as Danny Trejo, also sitting in 87 on Metacritic. Uh in is Infernax, I believe is how you say it, sitting in 84. This game is, I know it's on Game Pass, it's on everything, but it's basically like Castlevania, like 16-bit Castlevania game. Ah, uh, yes, yes, super, yes, super yes. Good. I remember seeing this. Looks really cool. Oh, man, there's uh, like Lost a Art, demon which... goat with big boobies. <laughs> oh, I like that. Mm-mm. <laughs> Lost Ark, which is a new MMO, uh, is sitting in an 81 on Metacritic, and then last, Sifu, all the way at the bottom as an 80 on Metacritic, and the fact that we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games until we got down to the 80 mark, and that that's seventh wild. game is Sifu, it's a pretty good month. Yeah. Ollie Ollie World, so, I know what Ollie Ollie is, I'm familiar with mm-hmm. that franchise, but is the is world like a open world version of this game? What is Ollie Ollie World? I think it's... I think it's like, ugh, so the first two are like side-scrollers. I don't know, this one might still be a side-scroll, but I think it's just, yeah, like a bigger version of it. Oh, I don't know if yeah. it's like fully open world, but maybe like super big levels or something. I haven't looked super hard into it, but I know people were ex- excited for it. Yeah. I know Danny Trejo's in it. Um, it looks so like, like a huge big, pretty step up in production quality from, yeah, from the original yeah. games. Which is very cool. That's uh, wild, So I guess man. we'll go through this. Yeah. Uh, crazy month. So, like we do, we're like, which ones do you think we should absolutely play and which ones are in Game of the Year contention? I will go ahead and say, basically, Elden Ring, Horizon, Total War, Warhammer 3, if that's your thing, Ali Ali World should all be played because they're 87 or higher. So, I think you'd be crazy yeah. if you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Unless you have, like, like me, we're like, I don't like Elden Ring because it's Dark Souls more than Bloodborne or more than Sekiro. Yeah. But I, I'm still going to play it. I'm just not going to play it right now. Um, after that, I think if the things look interesting, you'd be into it. Like, Infrax looks really cool. Um, Sifu if that's the kind of game you want to play but I think those top four are absolutely like I don't think anyone should turn away from, from. what about you? 
Yeah, uh, obviously Elden Ring and Horizon are the highest profile of this entire list, and they're they're going to get all the press as they have been already. But I honestly like Infernax looks to me like it could be super cool, and I've been itching for like I've been I've had that Castlevania itch for a little bit, especially after playing Metroid Dread. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, remember how good Symphony of the Night was? Um, so uh, I might be jumping into Infernax. That looks great, especially at an eighty four. And then Sifu, obviously, like Sifu is one of those games like Elden Ring that like it's getting a lot of comparisons to that difficulty wise, but it's, I, it's something that I'm so, my interest is so piqued by this, these reviews and people playing it and like the, the sense of accomplishment you get when you beat it, that that's something that uh, I'm, I'm horny for Sifu. Uh, I, yeah, for Elden Ring and for Sifu, I'm like, uh, I hope a summer sale comes along. Cause again, I want to play these games. I don't want to pay full price for them to be honest with yeah. you. Cause I have no idea how I'm going to react to them, but I am very interested as far as Game of the Year stuff, I think the top two, absolutely, especially like for this podcast, I think Elden Ring and Horizon will be on one or both of our list, I think, by the end of the year. Um, the other ones, maybe Sifu sneaks onto your list if you really end up liking that, but like Total War Warhammer, I feel like that's a game either I'm like, oh, that was super cool, or I'm going to be obsessed with it. It's going to be one of the two, where <laughs> like, it won't make my list, but like, it was really good, everyone should play it, or I'm like, I did nothing yeah. but play Total War Warhammer for uh, three weeks on straight, so... I think that would be on potential game of the year list. The top two for sure. Maybe one or two others in this list. Dope. You know, part of me is thinking like Elden Ring is such a niche game. And had had the Game Awards two years ago not happened, I'd have been like, yeah, of course, there's a niche game. It's not for everyone. There's no way it's going to get game of the year. But then Sekiro comes around and freaking snatches that title. I was like, oh, damn. And now I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Elden Ring, 97 Metacritic. People this could very easily run away with game of the year this year, unless mm. like God Here's of War Ragnarok completely bombs, yeah, or something crazy comes like that. I think Elden Ring will absolutely work win awards all over like the gaming industry just because the gaming industry loves fucking Souls games, like it is what it is. Yeah. They fucking they're nerds for it and they're gonna fucking vote for it, which isn't, I mean, it's not a bad thing, you know, they like what they like, but I think it's like this is like a guaranteed, like there's no way it doesn't win just because the people voting on it will be the motherfuckers who gave it a 10 out of 10 <laughs> all over the place. So, yep. Dope. I'm excited to see what's uh, that's that's two months into the year. We've got 10 of them to go, and there's so many good things already. Jeez, it's wild. Time for Game on Game Show. The Game on our Game Show. We play a game called Game on the Game Show on our Game Show. Game, 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 game. This week. As I kind of tweeted yesterday, it's our five-year anniversary of this show. Five years. And so I thought it'd be a good time to look back in time and play another round of Guess What Happened This Week? And I've got, and it's something we've played twice before. We've got a few dates in time that, that happen to be like this week in gaming and, and certain years. And just look back on like what, what happened. So I'm going to describe, mm. I'll give you a year that it happened and the day. And I'm going to describe it in some way. And then you have to guess what game or gaming history related thing that's referring to. Okay. So we're going to start with February 27th today. This day in 1996. Ooh. Is that a lizard in your pocket? Don't lie to me or your pants will catch on fire. Ah, the American release of Pokemon Red and Blue? Very close, very close. It is Pokemon Red and Green original release in Japan. Oh, it's Japan. Gotcha. Which is why today was the 26th stream day of the Pokemon. Oh, they do it based on the Japanese, not the American date. Gotcha, gotcha. Yep, 1996. 
And for everyone else, Pokemon stands for pocket monsters. Charizard is a lizard. Charmander is that a lizard in your pocket? Pocket Mon get it? Get it? That's why it's funny. 2001, the same day. <laughs> the same day, February 27th. But in 2001, uh -huh. there's a little twist. Might, might make you scratch your head. Red and blue GBC versions come out for this popular dungeon puzzle game. Red and blue game board popular dungeon game. Um, is this Oracle of Seasons and Ages? It is. It is Zelda Oracle of Seasons and Zelda Oracle of Ages. Which I hold please. Fucking love these video games. While Chad goes and probably gets the the cartridges. Holy shit! I just one got of my it. favorite. Those are some of my favorite I just Zelda games. Picked this up in Rhode period. Island. Zelda Oracle of Seasons. You have ages yes. too. Yes. Um, nice. I don't have ages. When I was a kid, I had seasons because you could play as a kangaroo that punches people. And then, That's right. <laughs> uh, with boxing gloves on. And my brother got Oracle of Ages. So I played seasons, but I never played his ages. I just realized I'm using mm. the wrong camera to talk to you on Discord. And you're not looking at my phone. That's camera. fine. Balls. Um, yeah. So I picked this up. I saw that I have my analog. Po oh, my God. So analog pocket. Matt has one. I got hands on with it. And I got to play Oracle of Seasons a little bit on it. And that thing is just freaking gorgeous. And mine's coming later this year. So I'm trying to stock up on like OG Game Boy games. So I saw this. We were at a game store in a mall, and they had it. And I was like, all right, let's go. Very nice. All right, February 28th, 2017. Five years ago. What mm -hmm. if Colorado Springs, Terminator, and Jurassic Park had a baby? And then we threw Legolas in there to take care of it. Oh, the game that, killed, that got killed by Breath of the Wild. Yes, yes, the game that got killed by Breath of the Wild, <laughs> although still 2017's Game of the Year because Breath of the Wild was boring. <laughs> I agree. And that game yes, is? Horizon Forbidden West. No, Zero Dawn. Forbidden West Correct. is the one I'm Horizon playing Zero Dawn. Zero yes. Dawn. In fact, that is, the, that is the reason we recorded... Actually, the reason we recorded our first episode that week is because we want to get all the bugs fixed out before the Switch launched. So that's why we recorded it for the Horizon was Zero John Dawn. Was John Cena in that first episode? or no. John Cena was in episode three. The first episode, okay. the, like the literally the very first episode of this entire show opens up with me saying, hey, all you people, the, the rigmarole, you're listening to the Split Screen Gaming Podcast, the occasionally weekly podcast, three lifelong friends. I'm Chad Michael Linus. Holden says, I'm Holden DePardo. And I say, and we have with us here Diane Keaton. And then we have some kind of weird excuse of why Diane Keaton's not going to be there. It's like, oh, man, we just jumped in with both feet. Diane Keaton. That's a good one. Yep. Did Michael uh, show March, up next week? Uh, who knows? Who knows? March 3rd, 2017, you can now challenge your friends to an imaginary sandwich eating contest in front of the TV, in a Chipotle, or at a rooftop party. Oh, yeah, this is the one with uh, old dude's balls. One, two, switch, baby. <laughs> Dang Deezy's balls, yes. Dang Deezy's balls, that's who it is. <laughs> uh, so, yes, this is one, two, switch, and, of course, the Nintendo Switch launch, March 3rd, 2017. All right, we have two more here. March 4th, 2000. Mm. Unlike the Nintendo Switch, and debuting 17 years earlier, this console is capable of running Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 natively. PlayStation 2? That is correct. PlayStation 2 launched in Japan. No, launched in Japan. Isn't that wild? Gotcha. That, that console came out 
22 years ago and it can run Kingdom Hearts. 22. And the Nintendo Switch I, can't run it natively. And it can't even <laughs> run it well with the cloud version. Oh, boy. I mean, the technology back then was just more advanced. <laughs> yep. And you can't use the excuse of like, oh, the Switch is getting the HD like remake versions. Like, no, it's not. It's getting the fucking vanilla ass Kingdom Hearts 2. Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 2. It'll get there. All right. Final one. I don't know if you'll get this one, but you might. You probably will. March 5th, 2001. Mm. You can finally play a game where your favorite cuddly squirrel becomes an alcoholic and talks about boners and fellatio. Oh, yeah. Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Reloaded. That is correct. Okay, what did you ask? Reloaded. Uh, huh? Conquer, yeah, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Made his debut was it one or in was it Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, just one. Oh, one oh on this was him. his debut. I thought it was the game. This, no, this is, is Diddy Kong Racing? This is, so the, oh, no, no, no. This no. Is I, I, got all, I got you all mixed up. So Conquer debuted in Diddy Kong Racing. Conquer, the character, debuted in Diddy Kong Racing. And then okay. he got his own game, Conquer's Bad Fur Day, on Nintendo 64. Mm. That came out March 5th, 2001. Gotcha. I understand now. Yes. Man, dude, we played that multiplayer of that game so much as kids. Diddy Kong Racing or Conquer's they, Bad Fur Day? Conquer's Bad Fur Day. <laughs> I've Conquer's never played Day, that game before. I was, I mean, it was fun at the time. I'm sure it plays like shit now, but... Man, we played again because you got to think we're 10, 11 year old kids. It's like, oh, the flowers got boobies. You have to play this video game. Yep. Like, oh, yeah. There's a big poop. Oh, yeah. They, they reference the Matrix. Oh, yeah. Yep. Wild stuff. So that's uh, this year in gaming. That's it for Game on Game Show. And that is it for our podcast, episode 247 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick ass, irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. We referenced this earlier. Barf, backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends, is a perk of Patreon.com. So you can go to Patreon.com slash Respawn Fire and vote on what we play every month for that segment. Last month, the month of February, you voted for Quantum Break, which was the remedy game before Control. We've played it. We are scheduled to talk about it tomorrow night, so you'll actually probably have this live before this episode goes live on Video On Demand Services. And we'll hopefully have special guest Cozy Bear on that as well. But it is time for a new month, new games. And the poll is up right now, correct? The poll is currently up. I will read. Everyone go to patreon.com slash fire. Just do a dollar and you can vote for the barf game. You know, it, still go, it goes for about a week till next Saturday Dope. or this so Saturday. Vote. Um, patreon.com slash fire. What do we got? So... Since we didn't do anything romantic for Valentine's Day month, we didn't do anything romantic for February because we're just like, hey, pick these games to play. I have chosen four games that have to do with relationships in some sort of way. So we, the choices are Boyfriend Dungeon. Ooh. It's in the title. Coffee Talk. Coffee Dream talk. Daddy. Dream Daddy. Nice. Or Telling Lies because when you're in a relationship, sometimes people tell lies. <laughs> So those are the four all, options. Go vote on all it. All relationships technically start out as lies. In some sort of way or fashion. Dope. So go vote on what you want us to play. Again, you've got like about a week-ish. And then we will start that for March. Whoa. This telling lies game. It's like full motion video. Oh, it's got that guy in it who's like a knockoff Tom Hardy. And that mm -hmm. girl who's like a knockoff Amanda Seyfried? Or is that actually Amanda Seyfried? 
I doubt it's made of savory. It's made by the guy who did the uh, was the one where you, her story. It's the her story person. Oh, dope. Is that a? Oh no, I thought she was holding a uh, a butt plug, but she's holding a little laser pistol. Uh that could be weird and fun to play. Um, so that's your responsibility as a patron, or if you decide you want to vote along with us, go there. There's also new wallpapers out. Kirby mouthful wallpapers. Oh my God. So I don't uh, like go it. download that. It's very good, but it upsets me. <laughs> go download that. Put it on your shit. Take pictures. Send it to us. We always love to see them. And again, just a big thank you to all of you for listening and supporting to us, uh, listening to us and supporting us for the last five years. It's been wild. It's been a great ride. Can't wait to do more. That's it, everyone. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Happy birthday. I'm not going to sing the whole song. <laughs>